0: I went running I wound up sitting down Trying to pick the lock On a golden gated town There was music Running off the street You are too involved or uninvolved or all. I see myself as seldom seen in the sunlight And I wonder if I'm lying to us all myself as seldom seen in sunlight, and I wonder if I'm lying to a song. Spinning I did it, but it's moving just a little too fast. And there's a long tree in the midst of the middle and I'm sheltered by the shadow it cast Hey
1: hey hey, what's the fuss and tell me what's a happenin'? This is Pyromaniac Mo coming at you for another episode of the Pyro Light Podcast. This is episode fifteen. Today is Friday, October 23rd, and we are heading into the midst of Week 7. As usual, you can listen to me and the wealth of the Pyromaniac crew on iTunes, Spreaker, and Stitcher. And folks, if you can hear me right now, do me a favor and drop everything you're doing, run to your computer, leave us a review. Uh It helps us get noticed, and it helps us spread the goo to the fantasy football community. You can follow me, Pyromaniac Mo, on Twitter at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. The rest of the boys are at Pyromaniac, that's P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one, A-C. And I'd like to introduce my guest. This evening, I have Val Verde, the one and only, on the other end of my computer. How are you, sir?
2: I'm doing great. How about yourself, Mo?
1: Doing well. Uh, end of another week, and my favorite time when we get to jump into all of the fantastic games. So I am uh, looking forward to another fantasy-filled weekend.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, isn't it crazy? Like, we sit here and we wait and wait and wait, months it seems like it takes two years when between the Super Bowl and preseason starting and then once the season kicks off it's it lasts like what three weeks you know so it's just it just flies by and you know I wish I wish the preseason and the season flew as quickly as it does during the regular season
1: I know it can be a grind while we're in it but man week seven already it's just so hard to believe yeah we're here, and uh, it just—it happens. It's too good, man. It just happens too fast, yeah. you know. Pyromaniac, we we go all year doing the the shows in the off season, and it's like a blink of an eye, and it's gone. I wish we could uh, uh, have one of those magic buttons and slow it down just a little bit to enjoy it more. Absolutely. And uh, boy, even this week, you know, NFL—they've got to do a better job because we've got uh, all right. I guess we got the early game, which I dig. You know, I'm drinking my coffee, eating my bacon. I, I like that, but two afternoon games. Yeah. I mean, come on! You've got the, that four-channel mix, and I'm only getting 50% of that. You can't divvy up the games a bit better. I hate that.
2: Yeah, I, I really think that they should do um, these type of games definitely earlier in the season, while all the teams are playing, instead of part of the teams. Because, as you said, it you know, you're an afternoon by the time. That rolls around. And you only have two games. What's what's the point? You know what's even the point of paying for you know Sunday ticket or watching the Red Zone when you know you have two games in the afternoon. So yeah, I totally agree with you that they need to schedule that um, a lot better.
1: How have they not figured it out? They do such a good job at so many other things. They you know I know a lot of people were ticked that they moved uh, the draft to Chicago, but man, it was interactive. They had all this cool stuff going and they can't get the scheduling done a little bit better yeah
2: it makes you wonder how they the easy things they can't do right but the hard things they seem to do pretty pretty well on and you know speaking of the draft in Chicago i thought that was this amazing job i i've been to the new york draft a few times and yeah, cool. it's you know you're just inside this shell you know inside madison square Well, when at least when i was there and now in chicago you know it's just spread out it has all the fans going and you know i think that they're gonna keep it there for a while because i think that that was pretty cool
1: yeah i heard it. it's coming back next year i know there was a, a a pyro favorite david t thomas he's a new yorker he was he was a little ticked about it but it was i think a certain a, a success when they did it in chicago so yeah. i'm hoping to go next year yeah
2: yeah that would be really cool
1: before we get things rolling folks just to remind you about one of our sponsors Fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com. This is America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Just pick up your pick your sport and draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same players. Over $1 billion has been won at DraftKings.com this year, and you could be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. All new users to DraftKings receive a deposit matching bonus of up to 600 bones, which releases at the rate of play. Plus, you get a free $3 game voucher. That's on DraftKings.com. Use the promo code PYRO. PYRO. And before we jump into the Thursday night recap, we have a bit of a Pyro promo here, folks. Uh, the Pyro Pro membership is picking up steam every week. We get more and more members. If you don't know what it is, uh, you can throw all kinds of players onto your team. You can load up a team with 30 players. Now you can get even more teams, and that means for each player you put up there, you have basically a dashboard that sends you the latest news feeds it sends you uh starts and sits recommendations it sends you uh not only dogs rankings but it also tells um a a little blurb about each player we got the pyro crew working on every single player that's ranked we give five six seven sometimes longer because you know we are long-winded at pyro five six seven eight sentences per player that dog ranks and it is just fantastic. You get a resource toolbox, plus you get uh, the mindshare. You can ask us direct questions. And uh, I know I get on there and I answer some direct questions, and I do some news feeds, but uh, Valverde is just a machine. You are on there uh, all week long. I, I jump on on Sunday just to kind of get up some uh, of the actives and the inactives, but you are doing it all week, letting people know. And if it's someone's player it gets sent right to your computer. So uh, tell me about some of the uh, news feeds that you do.
2: Um, basically what I try to do is I definitely try to keep in mind the not only the important players but some, the smaller players and also try to even the, the dynasty. So you can see a lot of rookies in there too. I try to spread pretty much the wealth as far as um, different types of leagues. Um, also in, in my sort of my uh, place where I can put my own opinion in, um i try to think of different different players that might fit in different positions so um a player that might be cut say on a 12 team league might not necessarily be cut for a dynasty league so i try to let people know that you know okay hey maybe cut him here but hey if you have if you're in a dynasty league then you probably want to keep him so those kind of things i just try to try to spread the wealth a little bit and give everybody you know sort of the heads up on things um I also got to say you're my saving grace on Sundays. I'm a Pacific Coaster so um you know getting up early enough to find those you know inactives and actives are are not necessarily in my uh getting up morning routine. So you coming in and and on Sundays is is definitely uh you know pretty much a a save for me. So I I wanted to thank you for that one.
1: It's definitely small potatoes, what I do. I'm on there, you know, 11 o'clock Eastern, just trying to get people caught up with actives and inactives, but you all week long are plugging in uh, not just inactives and actives, but uh, really digging and finding some great gems that people are going to want to know that's going to help them become a better fantasy player. And, folks, just let me tell you, if you have a player um, that you're not getting news for and you want to hear more nudes... Hit me up at pyromaniacmo, it's all letters. And Val, what's your Twitter handle that someone could uh, e- either tell you what they want for their player news feeds or just get the knowledge that you drop regularly on Twitter?
2: Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, for for Twitter, my account is rflredzone. So instead of the NFL, you just throw an R there. Um, and yeah, if, if any, any of you guys want to ask any questions about it or have any players that you want to hear about, Definitely hit either i or mo up, and um, definitely we'll we'll get that uh, to you right away,
1: yeah, I mean, we try to to run the gamut, but there's no way I mean some of you guys are in huge leagues that you might be playing a guy that you know is off the radar, and if you want to know about it uh, about that player, you uh, let one of us know, and we will deliver so Thursday night, you know we were blessed. Past couple weeks. We had some good Thursday night games. Yep. Last night, not so much. Uh, real quick with the scores, 20-3. Uh, to three. I don't think uh, the 49ers put a point on the board and the, the field goal is the points I'm referring to until the second half. Right. Um, Russell Wilson finished uh, 18 for 24, 235 yards, one touchdown, two INTs. Old Cappy finished 13 for 24 With 124 yards, not much to speak of on the rushing game from uh, the San Francisco side. Hyde had 40 yards. Uh, Lynch looked like his old self, 27 attempts, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Rawls didn't get as much action, 6 for 32. Um, Seattle, you know, the the receiving, kind of like what you'd expect. Uh, Lockett was... uh, the main target there he had five receptions seventy nine yards and a touchdown curse ended up with sixty four yards uh, on the san francisco side Vernon davis we had a Vernon davis sighting he uh led receivers with sixty one yards four receptions uh just not much of a game what uh what'd you think of it val
2: um yeah i re- I really like how accurate Kaepernick is um <laughs> or not um you know just i think i think that whole the whole uh Offense where the Fort Niners was summed up with his magical throw to the trainer on the sidelines. Uh, you know, it's just one of those hall of fame throws that Kaepernick loves to uh, give every once in a while. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised he's not being uh, uh, compared to Tebow by now. Uh, just, just the sort of same kind of throwing action, same kind of uh, mobility, same kind of accuracy. So, yeah, I don't I don't know about Kaepernick too much, um, but the 49ers are you know they play well one week and then you know they play like they did last night. Uh, Seattle just really took it to them.
1: Yeah, Kaepernick is such a hard one. I mean. He can get it done on the ground sometimes. He he, he run. He's got that gazelle-like gait. And you know it's there. He can do it, but man, it's just few and far between. And it's honestly, it's not that long ago in my dynasty league I had Russell Wilson and Kaepernick, and both of them were really high valued. Mm-hmm. And I was deciding on which one to trade. Of course, I went with the wrong one. Sold away. Sold away. Russell Wilson got stuck with Cappy. But uh, what was that? A year and a half ago? I mean, it yeah. was not that long ago that she was a phenomenal player.
2: Yeah, they were talking about him. Um, as, as you mentioned, I mean the the Green Bay playoff game where he ran for what was like yeah. two hundred something yards or whatever it was. He broke records. Uh, now they want him to be you know this drop back quarterback, which he's he's not. He's you know obviously. Now we're looking at two years now where they say, OK, we need you to be a drop back quarterback. And they're forcing, you know, a circle into a square peg. And it, you just can't do that. And so I don't know what what they're going to do, but obviously they need just to let Kaepernick be him. And once they do that, I think that's sort of going to change things around Uh Cam Newton's the same way they look at Cam Newton and the way he scrambles around and some, and they wanted him to be a drop back quarterback. It didn't work. You, you these guys are not those uh, Peyton Manning. They're, they're the type that need to run around to create space. And then also uh, bring the defense in when they start moving around, because they believe the defense is going to believe that they're running with the ball. But if they're man on man and defending the wide receivers they're not accurate enough to get the ball to to those guys in tight spaces. So, you know, good luck to them, but it's not working.
1: Yeah, some of these offensive coordinators, I don't, I don't get. Maybe it's just they've got a swelled head and they think their system is gonna work no matter what. You just gotta give it time. And some of the really the uh, the successful ones, I think, uh, have a broad system but then they match the system to the players they have as opposed to trying to fit a a square peg in a round hole. And sometimes, like we're seeing now in San Fran, it's just not working. You need to be a little more flexible. Yes. Speaking of a round peg in a square hole, perhaps, uh, Huey Lewis and the news and notes. Uh, Mainly I'm just going to run through these pretty quick and let you guys know about some guys you need to be aware of some uh, players who have already been ruled out and some questionables. But before I get rolling, Denver, um, do, do you think Manning or even C.J. Anderson is he droppable? You're gonna drop either of these cats, or you're gonna hang on and uh, and hope things turn around.
2: Um, I I would drop I would drop Manning. I mean, this of course is not knowing um, exactly what you have on on your lineup, but. If you have someone that's serviceable, Manning is going to be the type of quarterback that's going to throw 250, one touchdown and two interceptions. That's going to be his average day. So if you have someone better than that, you don't need to hang on to him. Um, CJ Anderson, I want to wait a little bit. Uh, there's no value in him right now, so you can't just trade him away. Uh, but he, he has, he has an injury sort of dealing with. Um, so I want to give him, I would give him an, maybe another week. Now, if you're, if you're in a bind where you need, you know, you, if you have a trade deadline or something then, or, you know, a drop period, then, you know, I, I would go ahead and go with that. But other than that, if you can hang on to him, I would.
1: Yeah. Big, big, big question marks coming out of Denver. I mean, uh, I, I've got CJ, I picked him up, uh, in one of my leagues as the first pick. Of course, you know, they've got a buy coming up, but I'm seriously considering dropping him. Manning, I, I think there's just too many quarterbacks available to stream out there to to hang on any further. Right. You know, even guys, Demarius Thomas, I mean, box score looks good, but if you watch some of the games, he's having some mental snafus and mm-hmm. some dropped balls. It's yes. just, I don't know how it can change so quickly. Manning, maybe we saw this coming, but C.J., Second half of the season last year, he was arguably the best running back. Uh, I don't know if a toe injury is really uh, to blame for this or if it's the new system or what's going on, but I'm close to dropping CJ. I hate to do it. I would like to think he can turn it around. He passed my eye test last year, but man, he is worrying me as an owner.
2: I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, and it could just even get worse, is the fact that, Peyton Manning, they're not afraid of him burning burning the defense because they know that he can't get that ball deep. So yeah. it's much easier for the defense now to bring players forward into the box because the you know, the mystique of Manning isn't isn't there anymore and it's only going to get worse the longer it goes because his numbers are gonna get worse. And or even if they stay the same, it's not gonna matter. They're they're gonna have that trust that Manning can't do it. And he can't. So yeah, I don't. I don't see much of an upside for C.J. Anderson.
1: And the offensive line, that was a big concern for me going into the season. That was a big red mark I had right uh, on my draft chart. Yeah. Uh, my tears right next to Anderson. I went ahead and ignored it, and sure enough, it's it's been a big issue. Yeah. So uh, lots of worry in Denver. Moving on to some of the guys that. Um, you're going to want to prick up your ears depending on who you own. And as always, the best thing you can do is uh, join Pyro Pro and uh, check out what we uh, have to say in the news feeds over Saturday and Sunday going up into the games. But the Jets, uh, both Marshall and Decker, they were just upgraded today to probable so uh, it's good news there now guys who have been officially ruled out for week seven i just checked uh most of the waivers and the practice reports uh today's friday afternoon friday early evening Uh, guys who are out arizona fells he's out perriman of course we've been waiting for a blue moon for this cat he's not coming back um we've got t-mobile Carlos Williams, Sammy Watkins, Percy Harvin, all ruled out in Buffalo. Dallas, of course, you know, Romo and Dez. Houston, Cecil Shorts is out. Could make for some interesting calls there we might talk about later. Jacksonville, you know, Marquise Lee. Miami, of course, uh, Ajayi. Uh, New Orleans, Colston is out, which always kind of makes me like Sneed a little bit more, although Snead didn't quite pull through for me last week. Uh, Jets. Got a couple of guys here. Ridley, of course, he's been on the pup. Um he is indeed eligible to return this week. Uh, he's not, but he's one to keep an eye on going forward. But Beast East, he's looking like he's got the big slice of the pie. Uh Below Powell is out this week. Of course, Vic is out in Pitt. Uh Rams Kendricks, he's out. Uh AS. Jay, he's been ruled out in Tampa. And Titans, Cobb, he did indeed practice Wednesday. This was his first practice since the preseason, I believe. Now they've got three weeks to activate him or leave him on the IR. I'm going to talk about him a little bit later as well. Those guys have all been officially ruled out for Sunday as of Friday. Some other cats that we are watching Golden Tate, my Motown boy, my Notre Dame boy. He was added to the injury report uh, just today, I believe. He was limited in practice on Friday. Uh, Calvin was limited as well, but Calvin should be okay. Uh, Riddick, Blue, Foster, all of those guys have a probable rating. Ebron, he's got a a probable rating finally, which is good news. Uh, Antonio Gates, this came up. He looks to be a game-time decision, and he's got a great matchup this week. Uh, I'm going to talk about him a little later, but at first a lot of people just thought this was uh, a rest for the veteran, but indeed it sounds like he hurt himself uh at the end of the game last week and looks to be a game-time decision. Gordon, San Diego running back, listed as questionable, which too bad. He's got a great matchup too. Uh Also for the Chargers, Stevie Johnson and Keenan Allen. Both uh could be some game-time decisions. Both are a little banged up. Big Ben, I'm a Big Ben owner. We're getting closer, folks. We're getting closer, but it looking like Landry Jones, although you can never count out Big Ben. Um, finally, T.Y. Hilton, he did not practice on Friday, but uh, they're saying it's just a day of rest. Last couple questionables, Emmanuel Sanders, T.J. Yeldon Macklin, which uh, with the concussion, not sure if he's going to make it through the protocol. We shall see. Colston, ODB are also questionable, as is Dion Lewis, but he should be able to go. Last but not least, we've got Lynch as probable, and Rawls is questionable. Uh, oh, last threes on uh, the Rams, Tavon Austin, Trey Mason, and Lance Kendricks are also questionable going forward. So again, these are some names to uh, keep an eye on, and stay tuned for the pyro newsfeeds if indeed you are a Pyro Pro member. Alright folks, now it's time for some Flex Appeal. These are some guys that should be available in the majority of leagues and someone you can probably go ahead and pick up and plug in. Um Val, why don't you take this one? Which guy are you looking at that you might be able to pick up and uh, expect some good things from this weekend from this week?
2: You know I really like Stefan Diggs. Hey. Yeah. The head coach has sort of been mute about whether or not uh, Diggs is going to take over the starting uh, position over uh, Charles Johnson there, which tells me that he already has, and the coach just doesn't want to lead into his, uh, you know, the defensive coordinator. So I think Diggs definitely has earned it. The rookie has just done a remarkable job, and this will probably be the last week that you probably could even grab him off the waiver wire. So make it count. I would, I would definitely get him in, um, before the game starts and definitely if he's still available, grab him because you know, it's once this week is over and once he is the starter, it's going to be a very, very hard, uh, process to, to actually get him on your team.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Stephen Diggs, uh, last two games he played, uh, just as many targets, 19, as Mike Wallace. Uh, Diggs is looking great, and when I look today, available in 57% of CBS leagues, and uh, that number is going to shrink considerably, I think, after this week. So good call on Diggs. This could be one of your last chances to grab him. (sighs) Folks... You know, time for my couch here. Getting on the couch, you know I am a Christian Michael truther. I've been talking about this cat. Pyro's been talking about this cat. I brought him up, I don't know, three weeks ago. And right after I brought him up, boom, he got moved off practice field or practice team. Uh, He got upgraded. Then I talked about him the next week. Got a little play in there. Now possibly they're telling us that they're going to take the reins off this kid. He's still available in a lot of leagues although that number is shrieking shrinking as well and I want to see what Christine Michael looks like when the reins are taken off. I don't think he's ever had the reins taken off him since he's been in the NFL and I remember some beat writers early in the season uh, up in uh, Seattle were talking about when they saw Michael Run! They had to do a double take because they thought they were. Everyone else was moving at half speed and he was moving at full speed. I've just heard fantastic reports from the beat writers, but I've never seen it on the field. I've been scooping them up left and right in my leagues. Uh, another guy that I think you could probably get a uh, flex appeal, uh, Robert Woods. Now, not crazy about the quarterback situation there with EJ Manuel, but. They're missing so many weapons. They're missing Williams, Watkins, Harvin. Uh, Now, last year with EJ, Woods averaged 10.3 fantasy points a game in PPR formats. And just because there's no other options, I think Woods could be a nice plug-and-play this week. For some PPR prowess, uh, who do you like for some uh, PPR action this week, Val? Val?
2: You know, I definitely like Javar, uh, Jarvis Landry. Um, he's he's one of those his players that Town Hill uses as a security blanket. He's gonna catch anywhere between five and ten passes a game. Uh, he hasn't got into the end zone yet. He did have that one run, but far as catching the ball that that definitely doesn't look like um they're looking for him down in that red zone area but anywhere in the 20s he's going to be up and down that field catching balls for you so definitely one of the top ppr players um obviously the misnomer about Devonte freeman which you know i don't know how many coaches and can miss on this guy i mean not only has he been there for a few years, but they went out and they got Tevin Coleman to basically replace Freeman. Coleman started week one, and he goes down with an injury, and then all of a sudden Freeman explodes all over the place. And to me, I don't know how Atlanta the Atlanta coaching staff can miss on on this guy. He does everything, uh, catches the ball, runs for touchdowns, um, and is just breaking records all over the place. So I, I'm pretty you know, makes you question what what in, in the mind of uh, Falcons head coaches with that whole situation. And then lastly, I have uh, Blake Bortles. And, you know, he for someone that was a rookie who started off really well last year and then sort of just tanked at the end of the year, he's really picked up from that. And he's really definitely showing that he can improve and is improving in his second season. And with that whole Jacksonville Jaguar offense, yeah, they have Julius Thomas, but there's a lot of missing pieces there, um, and he's just doing well. He just does it every week, and the the reason why I have him as, as PPR is he does run with the ball quite a bit. He does put it up, you know, 25, 17 to 25 yards of rushing a day, a game. So those, those type of quarterbacks are, are sort of, you know, especially a starting quarterback is – is not in high demand these days. So if you look at Bortles, you know, he's pretty much like a Ryan Tannehill where they're going to run the ball when when need to and going to put a couple points up on the board for those PPR plays. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I like like it. Jarvis Landry, uh, 51 targets so far. And uh, Bortles, I almost picked him for uh, one of my streaming quarterbacks for this week he he's definitely in consideration i didn't go with him but i like him and man how can you go wrong with Devonte? i gotta tell you maybe i'll eat a little crow here but after i think it was his second blow-up week i said sell high on him uh there's no way this is going to continue and my goodness has it continued well he is you, he's just a you, uh, he's a monster
2: you weren't the only one that said sell high you know, everybody was all about, you know, oh, Tevin Coleman, you know, he you know, this yep. was a fluke. Don't expect it. Well, you know, it, so it's easy. It's I think, you know, you, you you weren't, you know, someone that I would say wrong, but, you know, every everybody was like, oh, get rid of this guy. So, uh, you know, it's it's easy, easy to say, you know, to get rid of Freeman when he hasn't done anything. And then all of a sudden has one great game, and then you're like, okay, well, you know, we'll see how how it turns out. But so far, so good. So we'll we'll see how it continues.
1: You know, that's why there's few and far between millionaires in our business. Like, uh, look at what Devonte Freeman did last year compared to this year. Nobody was calling this breakout. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got C.J. Anderson, who was yeah. phenomenal. Nobody would have picked him to have a season that he's having. It's uh, one of the reasons you just, you know, curse and love the NFL all in the same breath. But exactly. Uh and my guy my PPR prowess guy, you know, I, my love for C Mike, uh, uh I, I love him. Although I do want to see now there are there is a league, I am gonna probably play him just because uh, I got some guys on by and I kinda need a bit of a home run and I'm gonna take a chance. I would consider caution. I I do want to see it on the field first, but there are definitely situations when you might need to plug him in. But PPR, don't look past Darren McFadden. Mm -hmm. Uh, Darren McFadden was targeted ten times, pulled in nine of them last week. Since Dunbar's gone down, McFadden seems like he's kind of filling into that role. Now, I'm certainly not starting him in standard leagues, but PPR, they face the Giants this week, who, uh, one, I think it's a pretty good stream defense, but they have allowed 344 yards to backs coming out of the backfield. Only four teams have allowed more. Uh, McFadden's available on a wide range of leagues out there, and uh, for PPR, he might not be a bad play. Going forward, uh, streaming. Keep the stream alive. Uh, this is for guys. I've been streaming with my uh, my Roethlisberger team, and I've been doing great. Uh, I think I've got... Uh, I think I lost once and won two in the games Roethlisberger was out. So uh, some ideas for you folks. I got a few, and then I know Val's got one or two as well. Hoyer. Now I know this is kind of a, a gamble here, but he's owned in less than 10% of NFL Fantasy Leagues. Um, now, I'm I'm going to mention him a little bit in my DFS piece coming up, but if you feel Hopkins, who is just a target magnet, if you feel Hopkins is going to get in the end zone, then I think Hoyer could be a great play. Uh, he's averaging .54 fantasy points per attempt. That's in the top 12. In the last two games, Hoyer scored over 20 fantasy points. So DFS, I'm going to talk about him later. I think it could be a great stack play with Hopkins. But not a bad uh, stream play. Now, like more than Hoyer, but he's probably not as available as Tannehill. Now, I was amazed Tannehill was available in the league I need him to be available, where my uh, Big Ben league, Tannehill was there. I believe I'm going to start him. Uh, According to CBS, he's only available in about 20% of leagues, so chances are he's not there. But just in case... Dog loves him this week. He's a top ten according to Dog. You know, with the regime change, uh, I think things are going to be looking up. I think there's going to be more points to head. Um... There's only one other quarterback that has more red zone passes than Tannehill, which is amazing that they don't have more uh, touchdowns, especially Landry. But uh, he—they throw it when they get in close. They're favored by just over a field goal against the Texans, so I could see a game script where they're needing to pass. It's going to be a close game. Uh, only five teams are giving up more fantasy points to opposing. Quarterback so Tannehill could be a great Play another one my go to Guy uh, I picked him up For a couple of the I uh, did Cutler and Fitzgerald Fitzpatrick For uh, my big Ben fill-ins. Fitzpatrick man uh, He's got some great Wide receivers Decker Has scored a touchdown in every Game Decker has played Marshall has gone for over a hundred Yards or a score In every single game he's played uh, Last game Fitzpatrick's accuracy was over 73%. Now, when I'm looking for a streaming quarterback, I'll take accuracy over volume any day. I think that's going to get you the points for the quarterback. Running backs, wide receivers, I'm looking for targets and touches. I'm looking for volume. Quarterback, I want accuracy. Uh, Fitzpatrick, he's tossed two TDs in every single game except one. And now last week, he tossed two and ran for one. Now, he's playing the Pats uh they've got two guys on the pup and they've got four defensive players listed as questionable this is a 48 point over under game this is a high scoring game uh that means game script if fitzpatrick and the jets are going to be in it they're going to need to pass pass uh the pats are favored by over a touchdown that means they are going to be putting it into the air if they want the win so i'm liking me some fitzpatrick val if you're going to be uh picking up a quarterback to stream who are you looking for this week
2: um, well there's there's two quarterbacks that I really like. Uh one is Mettenberger. He, he sort of got an unfair slight when the Titans picked up Marcus Mariota. And I have to admit that I was very wrong on Mariota. I thought Mariota was gonna be a complete and total flop. Uh I anytime someone tweeted out something about Mariota, I kinda just, you know, dogged him a little bit about it. But what I was wrong. Um, so that being said, he's going to be out, and the they're not going to risk anything. This guy is going to have to be 120% before he even sees the field. So in that place, Mettenberger is a very solid quarterback, and is going to be auditioning for quite a few teams out there. So I, I really like I really like him. He's he's as you were mentioning, he's pretty accurate. Um, and they got a really good uh, defense that they're going to be matched up against. So I like him. And then also, if if Big Ben does not go, then you have Landry Jones. Uh, he obviously did a better job than Michael Vick um, could or ever could do. Um, Vick won that game for him with his feet and, you know, those kind of things. But I think Landry Jones is just a better fit for the system. Uh, if Landry Jones does start I don't know how good uh, Antonio Brown did when Jones stepped in so that, that might be something to look at uh, but other than that um, I think that Jones is definitely the right guy and you probably can pick him up right before Sunday kickoff so those two players are the ones that I that I got that I like. Well, um, I was going to ask you about about Tannehill and the new coaching staff. I guess the players are really enjoying him. They they think he's a great coach. They're already pushing for him to uh, to be removed from the interim label. What do you think? What do you think of him? And how much do you think that that offense is going to change under him?
1: Well, I think he's auditioning right for for the future and we saw with Miller he got the most touches I think he had 21 uh, last week we saw him gamble take some chances that uh, we have not seen from Miami in the past at all and I think it's an absolute good thing for all players involved it it can't get worse uh, than what was going on the first six weeks that was just a disaster down there it was a corrosive locker room Uh, you heard beat writers just talking about how it was divided. Uh, you you know, just some ugly things were coming out about the players and this guy, he, he came in hard nosed, got the players in line. And I think it's going to be good for fantasy. Um, all, all players involved, whether it's running back, wide receiver, quarterback, I think it's going to be good. And I advised some people earlier who were talking about selling on Tannehill and Miller. And I said, hey, we we haven't seen it yet. We don't know what's going to happen with the new coaching regime. And uh, I, they're in a, a division. I think they can still possibly uh, get something done. And I think it's going to be a good thing for him. He's got the, the players behind him and he's got some great talent. They just have to use them in the right way. It's amazing. They've got some stats, red zone stats, where literally Miller and Jarvis Landry should have like five, six more touchdowns each. Uh, I think Miller is leading, or one of the top guys for red zone attempts, or or Landry is, and they, they just haven't been able to get it done, and I'm hoping the coaching staff turns it around. I'm really excited about what's going on. Uh, down in Miami
2: yeah they look like a complete different team uh yeah you know and it I, it's amazing the job as you were saying how how much of a mess was going on in Miami how much he's changed that whole that whole temperament and I think that's one of the reasons why the players are sort of supporting him in the way they are and uh yeah he just it look, you know it just between the first couple weeks and last week Two entirely different teams. So, yeah, I I really think he's uh, doing a great job there. I'm kind of worried about they look like they want to run a lot more. So, obviously, that's good news for, you know, Lamar Miller owners. Um, Not so great news for Tannehill and Landry owners. But um, I think in in the end, it's all going to work out pretty well for him.
0: Well, yeah,
1: so here's the crazy thing. Like, uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, zero touchdowns. He leads the league, leads all wide receiver for red zone or for uh, targets inside the ten. He has seven targets inside the ten, and yet zero touchdowns. Yeah. Now I think the touchdowns are going to come back. I think uh, that number is really skewed. You you always look for targets. I think that is a far larger indicator of fantasy success. And if the targets are there, eventually the touchdowns are going to come. So. I think everything is going in the right way, uh, although I, I, I agree with you. looks like they're going to be focused more on uh, the run. Tannehill looks to Landry once they get in close, and I think that's going to start translating into some fantasy numbers once uh, he gets across the, the, the touchdown, yeah. uh, gets across the goal line. So I think it's going to be a good thing. I'm definitely buying on uh, Miami players. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, and Mettenberger, the other guy you mentioned, you know, one thing I like about him, he's not afraid to throw up those 50-50 balls. He's got <laughs> some, he's got some cojones. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and it uh, could be a bad thing, but at the same time, this team could use that, and that could possibly, <laughs> could possibly translate into fantasy goo, or it could blow up in his face. But uh, he's got some weapons there, and I'm interested to see uh, how that's going to play out. So it's basically
2: either going to be goo or spew. So we'll, we'll see.
1: <laughs> I like it. It's My friend, touche. uh, some running backs that we're looking at streaming here. Now I know you don't normally stream running backs, but there's people available folks. So once again, Christine, Michael, you know, I've talked him up in the last three weeks, bumped up from the practice team, got some playing time. Now the coaching staff is saying they're going to take the reins off. Once again, A cautious approach, but I am so excited what Michael could do behind this line. Um, It it could. Nobody's really. Joseph Randall, I I sold him the week after he had his one fantastic performance because really, it was two good runs. After that, I think his next 11, he netted one yard or something. Michael could be fantastic. So if I'm going to stream, not that you really normally stream running backs, but I think Michael's a, a great guy. Uh, do you got any guys that you could pick up if you're uh, hurting in the running back area that you might want to pick up and play?
2: Um, I, I like uh, Bradshaw. He's back with the Colts. Uh, yeah. The, the only problem with Bradshaw really right now is that he's he hasn't played football in, you know, what, five, six months. Um, Oh, even yeah. you know, longer than that because he had that broken leg last season. So You're looking at a long layoff, which means a lot of rust. But he knows the system. He works well with with Andrew Luck. And if you're in a need of a a running back situation, Bradshaw is just a, a great guy. Uh, for Matthews, I, I like Ryan Matthews. Uh he's more of a you know, stable guy for right now. So if you you're definitely streaming for, for right now, you definitely want to look at Matthews. I think uh he's gonna get some some good touches. He'll get the ball near the goal line. Um I know they're using DeMarco Maria a lot more than they did earlier in the year, but I think um if you're hurting for a running back and someone who's gonna playing this week, then Matthews is going to get some touches, and some looks. So he's definitely one of those guys that you can trust to get some points on the board for you.
1: Yeah, I was amazed at how uh, available um, Matthews was in some leagues, uh, that he was still out there in a a vast majority of leagues. And uh, Bradshaw, hey, they've got a good game script coming up. They are well over a one-touchdown favorite. As you say, he hasn't really been in game mode lately, but uh, uh it could be an opportunity for him this week to get some more snaps if the game script progresses the way we think it will. Yeah. Uh I I like that call. Uh he certainly knows the offense. Uh you, gosh look what uh Jones is doing in Green Bay with his familiarity with the offense and certainly Bradshaw knows the Colts. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers, uh talking about him too, but uh Lafell. Uh apparently this is gonna be up to Wild Bill. But LaFelle says he's feeling great after practice. He's ready to go, but it's gonna be in Belichick's hands. Now I just checked in one of my leagues. I've got him plugged in as my starter, but he's still he's got that big X in front of him. So he's not officially uh viable yet. I think that's gonna change. I hope they give him the go because got this guy, he almost had a thousand yards last year. I want to say seven touchdowns and I want any piece of the New England offense. I will take any piece because they are just so high-scoring, high-performing. Uh, I think LaFell is a great pickup for a lot of people, still available. Uh, most people, you know, he hasn't played. Most people don't even aren't even aware that he's coming back. Tight ends. Now, <sighs> I was a little bummed to hear some news here. I was going with Gates all day, all the way. Uh, I haven't brought this up on a, a podcast with D-Rex that if you were to climb a mountain and ask some sort of yogi, some sage advice about uh, the universe and being kind to others, that what the yogi would probably end with is, by the way, start all tight ends against Oakland. <laughs> well, we've got the situation, except Gates, meant, again, meant he popped up on the injury report, I saw many people say, oh, this is just, he's an older player, they're just giving him a day of rest. Um, I I, I don't think that's the case. I did read, and I thought I wrote the the beat writer's name down, Uh, I did read that it's probably not a case of them resting him, that he might have gotten hurt at the end of the game last week, and that this could very well be um, a game-time decision, Uh, I'm looking for the name Yeah, It was thanks to uh, Michael Gelkin He's a local uh, beat writer Said that Gates was injured towards the end of the game In week 6 So keep your eye on this Uh, So while they're playing Oakland I love the only There was only one I think guy that didn't do well And that was Daniels uh, Against Oakland Now if Gates Indeed cannot go Then I'm looking at Ladarius Green uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about it later uh, with my DFS play, but you know if Keenan Allen and Stevie Johnson, both of them are questionable, if one of those guys does not go, and, and certainly if Gates doesn't go, I'm liking me some Dar- Ladarius Green. I believe I've got some stats on him uh, later in my DFS to uh, sell the point a little bit further. A um, couple other tight ends real quick. Julius Thomas, uh, I like him if indeed Allen Robinson is out. I think that's going to be uh, something we're going to need to watch. Uh, two more real quick streaming tight ends. Fleener. Now, he's facing New Orleans. Only three teams have given up more fantasy points to uh, the opposing tight end than New Orleans, and that's in standard. Saints have allowed four touchdowns on the season, to tight ends, four double-digit tight end performances in PPR. Now, even if Dwayne Allen returns... In the last two weeks, Allen's racked up four targets, Fleener nine. So even if Allen is there, I still think Fleener is a viable streamer. My last one, this is probably the longest shot, but in case uh, you're in a deeper league and you couldn't find a a green or a Thomas or a Fleener, Delaney Walker maybe. Uh, Faces the Falcons, they've allowed five different tight ends to go for double-digit points in uh, PPR formats. Delaney Walker, in his last three games, he's been targeted 26 times in the last three games. Dog has him as a top-12 play this week. I could see streaming Walker. Um, as a uh, streaming tight end, anybody uh, catch your eye this week, Val?
2: You know, I like uh, Zach Ertz. He's really starting to pick up in the passing game. When the passing game is working for the Eagles, that is, uh, he's, his snaps has increased quite a bit in the last two games. And we, we know what he can do. We've seen it countless of times preseason during the regular season. So with his ownership rate, uh, I, I definitely would like to, to put him in this lineup for, for this week. Um, I'm not too sure who they play. I'm trying to look that up right now. Um, they play the Panthers, so you know that that might be a little difficult on the defensive side. But you know, definitely he he seems like they're really starting to go to him quite a bit. And for his ownership uh, value of what it is, I I would really like to, I would put him in as a confident uh, tight end.
1: Yeah, Ertz, boy, uh, Chip Kelly. What do you what do you think of Chip? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, in the beginning of the season, I didn't think too much of Chip. Um, <laughs> I thought he just totally tanked the, the Eagles for whatever reason because they just were horrible. But they're starting to pick up a little bit. They're looking a little bit better. Uh, Murray's not getting tackled for five yards uh, behind the line of scrimmage every every time he gets the ball. And I think it's the players, the defensive players, have stopped telling the offensive players on the Eagles that they know what they're calling. So um that happened i think three or four games in a row where one of the defensive players went up to one of the offensive eagles players and said yeah we we know what each play you're you're playing and which play you're calling so you might want to look into that Um so it, it looks like it's turning around we'll see i'm not 100 percent confident in chip kelly at this moment but it is looking better
1: yeah same thing was happening in detroit people telling tate uh hey we know. We know. We know you're rolling. gonna be. We know you're gonna be cutting here and uh, going long there, and uh, I'll meet you there when the ball's passed. Yeah, pass.
2: Yeah, and that, so, you know, and that's a lot of the head coach with Jim Caldwell. He totally uh, flamed out in Indianapolis, and then when the Lions named him the head coach, I was like, "What are you doing? I mean, this uh, this is a guy that called a timeout um, during the playoff game against the Jets as the Colts." we're up by i think 4 points and called out called the timeout while they're doing their 2 minute drill. So, you know, yeah. as time is stop and he stops the clock and you're just like, "Why are you stopping the clock? You're ahead in points." You know, the the thing to do that you don't want to do is stop the clock. So, you know, whatever. I, I don't think he's going to last long if he even lasts through the year.
1: Yeah, they've got this just, I mean, he's uber conservative. And then he's got Lombardi, who, you know, came from New Orleans. I had some high hopes, but he's one of those guys that square peg, round hole. He he yep. doesn't, he, he's not getting Calvin into space. He's right. running him long every single time, running him longer. And just, man, change it up. Get him into space. Uh, Get him on a quick route across the middle and have Tate uh, set a screen have uh, Tate do one of those quick hitches. They're they're not changing the play call. It's right. like uh, they don't care who they play or what the matchup is. It's like they've got their scripted plays, and by God, that's <laughs> what they're going to run. And everybody knows it. Yep. Oh, it's eating my soul, Val. It's eating my soul. I can't tell you. Oh, I digress, though. Um, But, yeah, Ertz. Ertz. Uh. And Chip Kelly, I think, what was it last, 16, week 16 last week, we saw what Ertz was capable of. I just wish they'd go to him more because he is fantastic. Uh, I think Chip, uh, he's under some fire. I was really hoping this would be his year. I love his attitude, but maybe it's just going to take a little bit longer to get his system going, but he's got the weapons, and Ertz is phenomenally talented, just getting the ball in his hands a little bit more. Not sure they got the quarterback to do it though.
2: Yeah. You know, I was I'm a little disappointed in Bradford. I thought he was yep. uh, gonna be a better better play, but he doesn't look, you know, uh much much better than than, you know, say Bettenberger or yep. or whoever else. So it's it's a long long haul.
1: Yeah, I was excited about him too, but uh it hasn't come to fruition. Now my uh streaming Defense. Uh, I got two here. The one I'm probably a little bit higher on would be Washington. Now they're at home. Their favorites over the Bucks. The Bucks have one of the lowest net expected point totals this week. They're uh, expected just under 20 points. Only four quarterbacks have thrown more interceptions than Winston, and there's only three teams with more fumble recoveries than Washington. Winston's been sacked 11 times. You know, again. What I'm looking for in a streaming defense, I want home, team, I want favorites, I want them going against a team that has a low net expected point total with a quarterback that's prone to turnovers and poor decisions. Check, 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 check. I got all four of those things here with Washington. Uh, The other one that is a possibility is uh, the Giants. They're playing an unproven commodity, at least this year. Uh, in Castle, uh, only three teams have more interceptions than the Giants. Uh, that could be a decent play as well. Uh, who are you picking up for a streaming defense this week, Val? You know,
2: I, I like Jacksonville. I, I like their matchup against Buffalo. Yep. For one, They're Buffalo is, as we touched on earlier, missing a lot of key players. So that's always a good thing. And they're also, you know, they're they're not too bad um, on defensive wise. So. With the missing players out of Buffalo and the fact that Jacksonville, you know, can can you know stifle some some offensive teams, I I really think that uh they're they're going to be a, a pretty good defense that you could uh, sort of get out um you know that's not owned very very uh, very much.
1: Yeah, my gosh, I mean the starting quarterback uh, Carlos Williams, uh, the they're, they're two starting wide receivers, uh, that is a bandaged up team that's just hobbling through um it could be an interesting game over under 41 points on that one low scoring so again that's always something you're looking for on on a defense so uh, that could be a good call there as well sir
2: and then you got ej Manuel throwing the ball so you know yeah looking at a couple picks and maybe a pick six but yeah definitely um yeah i think think those are pretty good points there
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, four guys—they're down two two wide receivers, a quarterback, and a running back. Wow, tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, we got the next segment here is the the two week. We got to come up with a new name here, but the two week, too early to pick up. So essentially, what we're trying to do here, folks, is uh, look for guys that are low o- low owned, small ownership—you know, fifty percent or less. It, that's almost impossible to do. There's so many leagues out there, uh, but essentially, we're looking for guys that are easy to be picked up that you're maybe not going to plug in and play this week, but especially if you're in a fab, which you should be, if you're in a fab budget uh, to get your waiver, guys, uh, this is some people you can pick up now on the down low for nearly free that your league mates are going to be wanting to pick up in the next coming weeks. We've had some good hits here so far this year. Um, one guy I think I've talked about a little bit last week is Turban. Um I mentioned him. Now, week six, he had his first game. It was nothing to write home about. I'm not going to lie. 10 rushes, 27 yards. You know, I'm not saying drop a decent player. And, by the way, I think I talked about this in one of my tips last week, that there are so many people who overplay. They they feel as though a good fantasy owner has to make moves every single week. And, oh, if you do that, you turn around, and you got a bunch of one-hit wonders on your team. So I'm not saying... Drop somebody just because he had a bad week and go get turban. Tur- I'm only saying if you have room, uh, if you've got someone that's, that's flaking out, possibly keep this guy on uh, the back burner. Um, again, don't drop anyone big for him, but keep an eye on him. And really, it's all about opportunity there in Cleveland. Um, no one has stepped up, and I mean no one. On this Cleveland team now, Crowell. I gosh, I loved this kid. I did a write up for him last year. I thought he was going to be fantastic. Hasn't been that great. Duke Johnson. Hey, yeah. he's awesome, but PPR play. Yeah. I think Turbin could. It's a small chance, but he could work himself into the system as maybe the goal line back, uh, maybe the first down guy. Could possibly get there. Again, this is too weak to really pick up. Not saying to go out and pick him up, I'm just saying keep an eye on him. He got his first action in last week. Uh usually we've seen, you know, Foster and some of these guys who have come back that first week's a little rough. They get better. I'm keeping an eye on Turban. Another guy just to keep in the back of the uh, the mind, depending on your mind. I mine, I've got a ton of space in there, because let's just face it, my hamster's not running as fast as he used to. But uh Cobb. A lot of people forgot about this cat. Now Let's go over some of the other running backs on this team. We've got Sankey, McCluster, Andrews, who's not been bad, and West. None of these backs have had a 100-yard rushing day. None of them. Cobb, uh, Andrews, has come close once, and Andrews has been the decent one, right? Uh, but Cobb practiced for the first time this Wednesday since preseason. Uh, they've had three. They've got three weeks now to see if they want to add this guy to the active roster. Uh, I'm likely taking the weight... Wait and see approach here I'm not getting ready to pull the trigger But I want to see Some practice reports See how he's doing uh, If he does indeed get a little game time Because he could But Cobb, uh, just like Turbin Could be walking into a great situation So again, these aren't guys I'm suggesting To run out and get But just keep them on file My last one, of course Green Bay's on bye this week But you've got Devontae Adams banged up You've got Ty Montgomery banged up If these guys don't get back, Jeff Janis might not be bad coming into Week 8. Could be a nice pickup to plug in and play if, indeed, Devontae and uh, Ty don't recover. Val, kick it over to you. Who do you like for some uh, too weak, too early to pick up? Who do you see in your crystal ball?
2: Um, You know, I really like uh, two players, really. Um, Number one, I like uh, ASJ. Uh, Austin Safari and Jenkins. He's been injured pretty much the whole season. I think he made it through week one, and then after that, he's been out. So, a lot of players or a lot of owners like to give up on him, especially being in a tight end position. But this guy can play. Um, when he's healthy, he's going to get a lot of targets. Um, he's going to be the security blanket for Winston. And so, if he's out there, which he really probably is in a lot of leagues, um he's and you're looking for tight end help, he definitely could come in and, and definitely rescue um a lot of a lot of owners. Um then the second one I have is McCown. And a lot of people, you know, not not to blame them, uh not to blame owners, but a lot of uh owners have a negativity towards McCown. Um and every right so. Uh the, he's has never really been he all have a couple good games here and there. But for the most part, he's throwing interceptions and he's throwing 250 yards a game. But for some reason, with Cleveland, he's he's done pretty well. I mean, I think besides the last game that he played in on Sunday, if you go back from that point on, you're going to see that he hasn't thrown very many interceptions. I think maybe he threw one in the in the you know first you know five games or you know something to that effect. And he's, he throws two two touchdowns and 350 yards almost every game. So it's it's a surprise because a lot of people don't, you know, like him. And that's because it shows that he shouldn't be liked. So if you need a quarterback that, you know, is going to put up some yards and some touchdowns and is out there, um, you know, I, why not? Why not pick up McCown?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh mccown he's he's been surprising um his last four games he's tossed two touch two touchdowns each game um 341 yards against oakland 356 against san diego 457 against baltimore and denver came down to reality a little bit of course that's denver Uh, So, McCown surprised a lot of people. Week 16, looking way ahead there. He's in uh, week 14. He's got San Francisco. Uh, Week 16, Kansas City. So, not a bad playoff schedule. He does have Seattle at week 15. But, uh, boy, for your championship against Kansas City, that could be uh, an interesting play. Um, And ASJ, like you said, he only played two weeks. I think he got injured in the second game, if I if it serves me, yeah, I think is what happened. No, you're right. Uh, you're right. Um, but yeah. first game, he lit it up. He, he had 110 yards, uh, two touchdowns, caught five of seven targets. So I think that's a great call. A lot of people have forgotten about him. And, you know, with rookie quarterbacks, uh, Winston doesn't throw it too far down the field. That's right in the area that ASJ's running. I think that could be a, a very nice call. If he can get healthy, like he's out this week, yeah. but uh, we're we're talking two week, too early to pick up. So uh, I'm betting he's going to be back next week, if not the week after, and it could be a nice stash for you. Uh, so that was our two week, too early to pick up. Um, anyone else that you wanted to mention there, or did we cover them all? Um
2: yeah, I I think we covered um I was gonna bring up Matthews but I talked about him a little bit. And then of course Theo Riddick. Um you know, <laughs> he's he's definitely if if anybody's a PPR guy, Riddick is, is the master running back PPR guy. The guy um you know, they wanted Abdullah to to take that place because Abdullah is more of a every down type of back where Riddick is just, you know, your third down type of uh type of back where but obviously Abdullah is showing what he showed in college, uh, in Nebraska is that he, his hands are so small that he has hard time hanging onto the ball and he's yeah. fumbling and you just can't have that in a pro game. Um, so Riddick is sort of supplanting that situation and, you know, PPR guys, if he's not owned in your league, I would definitely be all over him. He's, he's definitely the player to have as far as, you know, those, players you're looking for at the running back position that can catch the ball. He's going to catch a whole lot of passes every game.
1: Yeah. I caught a lot of flack uh, for picking Riddick. I picked him uh, before the draft and a lot of the pyro crew were giving me some flack for Riddick. Uh, But in PPR through right now, Riddick is number 15. He is your 15th running back in PPR formats he leads all running backs with 42 targets, and with Bell out last week, with unfortunately, man, I hated to see Zener. Yeah, uh, he's go- gone for the year. Yeah. I really liked this kid. He he led all running backs in preseason. I I had some high hopes for him, especially with the way Bell was playing and and the the hands issue you you mentioned with Abdullah. Uh, but I digress. So with Zener out, with Bell being Bell, and with the, the fumble situation with Abdullah, not only is Riddick a great PPR with 42 targets, but he had five carries last week. So he's starting to expand. He is a great play that a lot of people just didn't believe in, and uh, he's proven a lot of doubters wrong. Uh, some stock market plays. Now, I've got a, an interesting buy low. I, I didn't come up with a, a sell high, but I love some, well, I love few of the ones that you went with so who are some of your sell high candidates
2: you know i like i would definitely sell high on on watson he yeah he tore up tore up uh i think it was thursday last thursday where breeze just you know it was like almost watching jimmy graham again with breeze and i think he had 10 receptions for 100 and something 25 yards and two scores i believe um so you know, obviously those are are manacle numbers, but you got to remember Ben Watson and who he is. Uh, he's more of a blocker tight end for one, and two, he he does have receiving ability. I mean, he he played pretty well in New England, but for the most part, wherever he's gone, I mean, where he's he's had a long career. Um, he's been more, mostly the blocking tight end, so I I would not expect anything anywhere close to. What he put up um on that Thursday night, so yep. you know he he's a known name um people know him and if if you you know if you have him I like definitely could try to get something out of him um and then um you know an interesting one we're we're talking about, and you know i michael's gotten a lot of christine michael's gotten a a lot of press and i don't I don't want to put him down because he just hasn't had the opportunity as you were mentioning he's been pretty restrained um and you know I just don't know I I like I like the fact that he's with the Cowboys and as you mentioned the offensive line is easily one of the best in football um I mean they got they got Lael Collins who doesn't even start and he was uh, prognosis to be a first-round player until um you know the whole investigation thing occurred with his uh ex-girlfriend but um which i think he got blackballed for uh totally i think um how does someone as talented as he does who didn't have anything to do with the crime fall out of the draft completely so i don't know but i that's my speculation anyways back to michael um i i think um i don't want to dog a player who hasn't really been able to take the ball 20 times a game but um I I would definitely have a wait and see approach, Um, and you know he's he's getting the he's the reason why I put him as a sell high is because he is on the Cowboys, he is named the starting running back, and he is behind a great offensive line. But can he get the job done? And if you feel like you need to make a deal really quick, those are some of the points that you can make to sort of uh, get some. Valued players that have proven themselves For someone who hasn't proven themselves
1: I'm I'm trying to scroll down here On my screen so I can see what's next But I think first You're just going to have to remove the knife From my back (laughs) If you could just pull that sucker out, I can twist it a little bit more. (laughs) Because man, I'm crying some Moreno-sized tears over here. Uh, (laughs) At at first, I was like, "Boy, sell high on Michael. He hasn't done anything." But you know, now that I think about it, if you are not a a Christine Michael truther or believer, um, he's a hot commodity. And I know there are guys making bids. I've been contacted by several owners trying to get a bid for Michael. So if you are indeed a believer that he's nothing special, Randall hasn't gotten it done. No one's gotten it done yet this year. He couldn't get it done in Seattle. If you're a believer that this is all hype, and if you're right, then, yeah, this is an absolute sell-high opportunity. Um, You could be selling high on a guy that proves nothing. I hope. That's not true. I'm hoping as an owner that uh, he does have what it takes. I think he has after hearing so many of the beat writers talk about him and after seeing his uh, college footage. I am a believer, but uh, I hear you. I've had offers, and if you've got them, it never hurts to weigh offers, to float some things out there. Uh, You'd be surprised at the things people are willing to do and the things... uh, the the players people are willing to trade for to get someone with a little bit of name cachet, a little bit of potential like Michael. So although I disagree that it, he's going to sell high, I think it's a great time to sell high on him if you think he's not going to produce. So uh, I, I like the guts. I like the call there.
2: And another thing to keep in mind with Michael, too, is who's his quarterback? I mean, they got Matt Castle right now. Yeah. <laughs> and... You know, who can? I don't know if he's any better than Whedon. I, I I could probably say that he's probably worse than Whedon. Who knows? But if you don't have a quarterback that can move the ball down the field, uh, or a receiver, or a receiver to catch the ball down the field, Yep. How good is your running game going to be? And that's another thing that is a negative maybe for for Christine Michael at this point.
1: Great great point, Val. That they could uh, you know stack the box without much. Uh, Without much negative fallout Because who's going to take advantage of it Um, My buy low uh, I've got I'm I'm really thinking Gordon San Diego running back Um, I've been on the fence with him I was very high on him At the beginning of the season He hasn't done it San Diego I'm going to say though It's not necessarily the backs I'm going to say it's the carousel At offensive line I believe it was two weeks ago, they had four guys listed as questionable. Three of the regular starters did not play. Last week, I think it was uh, a two maybe that didn't play. They've had a lot of injuries, a lot of guys playing new positions, you know, guys going from the right to the left, from tackle to center. Uh, I, I blame it more on the offensive line. There's, uh, I believe it was two weeks ago, everybody was saying, oh, he's going to have his coming out party, and I loved it until I discovered that there was four questionable offensive linemen and three of them didn't play. So I didn't play them. It worked out well for me. As the health, hopefully, is coming back to the offensive linemen and the games that are coming up in the next three games before they have their bye, they face two of the 12 easiest defenses for running backs to face, including this week against Oakland, which is the easiest defense for a running back to face. Looking at some numbers, PFF does some great numbers, pro football focus. Gordon is the eighth highest breakaway percentage amongst running backs. Only nine running backs have more runs over 15 yards. Uh, they also have a great stat if you're not familiar with PFF. They've got an elusiveness rating, which takes into account several factors, but they have an elusiveness rating. Only five running backs have a higher elusiveness rating. Gordon, he uh, has caused 20 missed tackles. Uh, only one guy has more, and he has the 14th most yards after contact. So it hasn't produced into fantasy goo. Again, I'm blaming the... Offensive line for that primarily, and how successful Rivers has been in the passing game. I think if this is going to be the test, because I think if he's going to have a breakout, I called John Brown's breakout. Uh, I said he was a buy low three weeks ago. Every game since, he's done better and better. I said last week he was going to break out against Pitt. Indeed, he did. I'm calling this one the breakout for Gordon. This is the one I think is going to happen, and if you want to buy low on him, now is the time. That's the thing with the buy low. You got to you got to take a gamble, right? Uh if it's 1 week after they've done it, then it's too late. You yeah. got to buy low. I think now's the time. And you know what? If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but I think the uh, the stage is set for him to do it. The numbers are there. He's been productive in the running game. It just hasn't translated to points or touchdowns yet, and I think that's going to change. We shall see.
2: Right. And I think a lot of it that you're speaking of, um, and you make a great point with Bylow, especially with someone like Melvin Gordon. Uh, Right now, a lot of people are probably kicking him to the curb. But if he goes out and he blows it up, (laughs) you're not going to get anything low for him. Um, And I think a lot of his numbers are sort of skewed. I mean, if he scored, say, a touchdown here and there, if he. If he had a couple of those, then I don't think a lot of people would be kicking him around as much as they are at this point. But because he hasn't put in, put the ball in the end zone, um, it's been a problem. And also, a lot of people yep. don't pay attention to the offensive line work. And you make another great point there. Uh, the offensive line is just a wreck. And if he's not, if he if he doesn't have any blocking up front, I don't care who you are, you're not going to be able to run through anything. So. You make a couple of excellent points there. Uh, you know, one of the couple things I also like about him is his receiving numbers. Here is someone coming out of college who doesn't really, really caught a lot of balls, but they seem to be using him um, in the receiving game. So he caught seven balls um, against Pittsburgh. He didn't really do much in Green Bay because he had a couple fumbles, but um, if you look at the game behind that, he you know caught seven passes against uh, Pittsburgh and, and three against Detroit. So he's being used in the passing game a lot more than I really thought he was going to be used in.
1: The one caveat, the one uh, anomaly that, one, as a Woodhead owner, I'm digging, but the fact that Danny Woodhead – has had 12 rushes inside the opposing 20 inside the red zone <laughs> and Gordon I want to say I'm looking it up right now has had 3 wow which going into the season you you would have expected you know exactly the opposite really right. and they've really been giving it to Woodhead more than Gordon and I'm not sure what to attribute that with yet yeah, Melvin Gordon has 3 inside the red zone one inside the 10 One inside the five and Woodhead. I just can't believe his numbers. Uh, Twelve inside the red zone, four inside the ten, and three inside the five. He's making up eighty percent of the team's red zone rushes. Now I got Woodhead in in two leagues. I'm loving it, but uh, that's one the concern I have. um, Not only the Uh, offensive line but they're not using them when it gets in close and i'm hoping that with the easy defensive schedule in the next couple weeks i'm hoping that turns around but we'll we'll see you have perchance someone that you want to buy low on yeah any 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 cowboy what about (laughs) what about what about dez what do you think about him
2: oh yeah um oh i guess i did do that never mind sorry about that
1: um Oh, we'll forgive you.
2: <laughs> uh, so Des Bryant, right? Um, here He's been forgotten in a lot, a lot of leagues just because yeah. people are not too sure about his injury and he hasn't performed. And a lot of owners will just give up on him. They'll, you know, they'll, OK, this guy doesn't play. He's hurt. And I don't know when he's going to come back. I got to move on. So I'm going to redraft league anyways. And, uh, you know, go, uh, you know, just just owners don't. Don't think about the future. And so definitely if if you have an owner who's either looking to drop them or even looking to trade because they're in a situation where they're, you know, do or die in playoff situation and they got dads just sitting there. And if they could get, you know, one or two pieces where that they feel that it might help them um, get over that hump of, of being knocked out of the playoffs, then, you know, offer it. Um, And so I definitely think that uh, you can get a lot of pieces low for for someone who's not playing right now, especially if you target those that are um, leaning on him to or in the beginning of the season leaned on him to be the difference maker. And right now he's not. So, um, you know, just those kind of players I would definitely look at. uh, And Des Bryant, he's going to come back. Tony Romo is going to come back, and if you're a good position or in a solid position where you can give up a couple pieces that you may not need for someone that will just take the top off, then go for it.
1: Yeah. Uh it'll be interesting to see how Castle does, but Dez could very well be one of those uh wide receivers that are quarterback proof almost. Right. And uh I hear good things on his recovery. So a lot of people have forgotten about him, moved on, but man, if you are, you know, one one lost team, undefeated team, you can certainly have your eye on the future. And uh, uh, pulling in someone like that could very well win you the league if you make the move at the right time. We're almost uh, wrapping this sucker up here. Folks got a few more things left for you. Before we get to the Daily Dose, uh, just a quick tip of the week. We're always trying to give you guys just some uh, food for thought. Um, my tip here is just game script, game script, game script. Uh, I don't think a lot of people use Vegas enough to uh, – to see how the game is likely going to play out. Not that the sharps are always right. And in fact, if they're wrong, I'm guessing you end up in a hole in the desert somewhere with Joe Pesci uh, kicking some dirt on you. But uh, who knows? Uh, But Vegas does a great job of letting you know the chances of it being a uh, high-scoring shootout or if the run is going to be a heavy factor. You know, for example... This week, I looked at the net expected team points, which I love. Not just looking at the over-under, but the net expected team points. So, the Cardinals, the Patriots, the Colts, the Falcons, all of these teams have net expected point totals over 28 points. Ergo, the fantasy goo is going to follow. If you're scoring 28 points as the Cardinals, the Colts, the Patriots, and the Falcons are expected to do, that's going to translate for fantasy points for your players. Uh, On the other end of the spectrum, looking at the lower net expected team totals, so this could be for your defensive plays, 49ers, the Jags, the Bucks, the Lions, the Chiefs, the Browns, the Ravens, all of these teams are expected to have net expected team points of below 20. I love looking at the net expected team points to let me know which teams are going to be passing and a lot of points are going to be had and looking for a defense to stream, which teams are going to be low scoring or even comparing the two. You know, if you've got a team that is has high net expected team points and the team they're playing against has a low net expected team points, then I'm going to go with the running back off that team. If it's a close game or someone's down, meaning they've got a lower net expected team points than the uh, team they're playing against, I might like the pass catchers on that team because they should be airing it out. So game script, game script, game script. Use Vegas. I don't think – I know daily players do it probably more often, but I think the redraft guys should be looking at this a little bit more as well to help you know maybe if you're going to pick up a guy to stream or even just who to start on a week – to week basis Uh, use vegas to your advantage the last segment we have ladies and gentlemen is the daily dose now again this is kind of interchangeable we we mentioned some stream players Uh, certainly a lot of those stream players you can use in daily fantasy vice versa a lot of the players we're going to talk about here in the dfs play you can stream as well Uh, just again to remind you guys I, i did a um steaming hot tip of the week uh several weeks ago but keeping in mind when you're doing daily uh the gpp right the the big games the the giant tournaments you're looking to be a little more contrarian and i don't mean you're going to start all kinds of contrarian players but you might have one or two guys that you think has a good game script or you think has a good opportunity that not a lot of people are going to be on because you're going to have to differentiate yourself from the thousands of people that are playing. And if you hit on that guy that no one else is playing and do well on the rest of your team, that's a recipe to success. Now when I'm starting a, a cash lineup, my head-to-heads or my double-ups, then I'm playing more traditional. I'm looking at dogs rankings. Um, I'm not playing as nearly as many people. And, you know, in a head-to-head, i got to do better than 50% of the teams out there. In a double-up, i got to do better than 40%. When you're playing GPP, you got to do better than, you know, 10, 15. That's when you need to really differentiate your lineup and go contrarian. So I bring up a couple guys here. Some are, are more daily. Uh, I'm sorry, some are more GPP. Some are more cash games. But my first quarterback uh, is going to be Andrew Luck. Now, uh, this is he's going for 7,600 on DraftKings. Um, He's probably going to be more of a cash play A lot of people will probably play him I'm not going to really differentiate myself with luck and GPP So this is more of a cash game But great game script Um, Also, excellent stack with Moncrief Who I love this week Uh, The game script is calling 52 points over under It's currently, when I checked, this game is always moving But currently the highest when I checked the site Uh, The Vegas site I use, 52 points was the over-under. The Colts have the third highest net expected team point total, nearly 29 points for the Colts. Breeze, who looked good last week, I could easily see this game script putting up a lot of points on the board, shooting back and forth between the two quarterbacks. Indy secondary, the Indy cornerbacks, can be got. Right? especially against number twos. Now, we know they've got Vontae Davis, but number twos. Man, um, uh, oh, Alan Hearns, a few weeks ago, uh, he broke out against Indy. Uh, many number two receivers have an excellent game against those Indy cornerbacks. That's another reason I'm liking Moncrief to stack with Andrew Luck. Uh, Moncrief is going to be going up against Brandon Browner, who has the lowest Quarterback ranking, according to PFF, I believe they're ranked 107 this week. Brandon Browner comes in at 107. So uh, I'm liking me the stack with Luck straight over to Moncrief. Another guy, a little bit less, Luck 7,600. Right going down from there, I got Palmer, um, 6,700. He's a great stack with John Brown. I talked about Brown a lot last couple weeks uh Palmer has 14 TDs on the season. Only one quarterback has more. Palmer tossed the fourth most yards. He has tossed the fourth most yards in the league so far. And quarterbacks with at least 100 attempts, he's the third highest for QBR rating. That's 6,700. Just a little bit down from there, uh, Rivers. I think Rivers is a great cash play or GPP play. Um, out of quarterbacks with at least 100 attempts, he has the seventh highest QBR out of quarterbacks with 100 attempts he is the third most accurate which again i love targets looks touches for running backs and wide receivers for quarterbacks i think it's all about accuracy being consistent more so than putting up a bunch of numbers uh accuracy 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 now with rivers he's an accurate quarterback um He's got 7th highest QBR rating, as I said. Now, the net expected points for the Rivers and uh, the San Diego Chargers is nearly 27. A lot of that's going to come from the quarterback. Every QB that has faced Oakland, who they played this week, has put up at least 260 yards. And every QB that has faced Oakland, <clears throat> aside from Peyton Manning, has passed multiple touchdowns. Every QB that's faced Oakland... <clears throat> aside from Peyton Manning, has put up at least 17 fantasy points. Uh, Third out of quarterbacks for most points per game, Phillip Rivers with 25.7 points uh, responsible for in every game. My last quarterback pick going all the way down to 5,300. Now, this guy's a total GPP play. Not playing him in cash games whatsoever, but GPP and really only for the stack option with Hopkins. Hoyer just because of Hopkins. Now, if you think Hopkins is going to get a score, I think you're in. With uh, DraftKings, which I always give the prices for DraftKings, Hoyer's 5300 basically what you want in return is a times three. Hoyer costs 5300 so you want to get about 16 points. I think he can easily toss two touchdowns to Hopkins and you're halfway home. Uh, PFF rates... Um, Two of Miami cornerbacks in the bottom 25, and that's including Jamar Taylor, who should be up against Hopkins. Hopkins is uh, 8,600, so a nice stacked play there. Um, first off, Val, do you uh, are you a D, uh, uh, DFS player, and do you have a, a system that you go with? Are you a DraftKings guy? Are you a fan duel? Do you go with one of the other ones?
2: Um, I'm not so much um, a DFS guy. Um, uh, religious reasons behind that, but um, I do every once in a while to where it doesn't form a habit. So I understand the nuances of it. Um, when I do play, I do play uh Fanduel. Um, Perfect. so um, uh, you know, it's it's not too much different. I mean, the prices are a little bit different than than DraftKings, but um, you know, it's pretty much the same same type of idea behind behind it.
1: And who are you liking then for a uh, quarterback for your DFS play?
2: Um, this week, I, I like Tannehill. I like the uh, yeah. his pricing at 5700 especially against um, Houston. So you're looking at a pretty weak defense that the Texans have. And um, they they play, played pretty well last week. So um, we'll see. But as far as the most part, Houston just hasn't had that same spunk that they had the last few years and i think with Tannehill, his ability to roam with the ball um his ability to sort of move the ball down the field um i definitely expect a couple touchdowns out of him uh this week uh so i you know that pricing um is pretty good at 5700 uh i at running back i i don't think there's there's a better play than than Todd Gurley at, at 5,000.
1: Uh, Amen to that. I
2: was shocked, to be honest with you. I was shocked to see his, his price tag at 5,000. The only thing that I can think of why that is so low is due to the fact that uh, the Rams have a, a very poor offense, and uh, it's just hard for them to score any points as far as touchdowns. Um. So, But at 5,000 I'm still taking it. I mean, I mean, you know, yes. it's just he does everything on the field. He's he's a great runner. Um, he's he's remarkable. I mean, for him to come off the ACL injury as he has, and just as torn up the league as he has, it's it's pretty pretty shocking. Especially with the Rams offensive line. That offensive line is not the best. Um, and, and for him to do what he's doing, I, I just got to tip my hat. He's he's definitely someone that has surprised me. I knew he had the talent, but I was expecting a slow build um, coming off that ACL injury, getting used to the pro game, you know, all those kind of things. And he's just playing like a veteran. So definitely hats off to him. Um, wide receiver. Yeah,
1: and before before you move on, let me second your uh, girlie. I think when you do climb the mountain and you have some uh, yogi there telling you to start – Uh, tight ends against Oakland. I think he also says, and by the way, start Gurley this week. Like he said, (laughs) it is egregious that he's 5,000. Cleveland, given up 5.2 yards per carry, third highest in the NFL. Gurley, he's averaging a whole yard better, 6.2 per tote since week four. There's only two NFL teams giving up more fantasy points to opposing running backs than the Browns. Browns have allowed five different running backs to go for over 90 yards on the ground. Eight running backs have gone for double digit points, uh, double digit fantasy points against them in PPR and three have gone for over 20. 5,000 bones, girly, girly, girly. Yeah. Now, bef-
2: I, 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 yeah, he'd be the first player I'd put in and make everything work around him. If, you know, if I would- playing DFS this week you know he's automatically first and then just go from there
1: do you have any other wide uh I'm sorry running backs before we get to wide receivers because I've got two other RBs to talk about but do you have uh what do you what do you think about Murray do you like him
2: yeah you know I I like him uh that that defense that Panther defense is is pretty strong we're
1: talking DeMarco DeMarco Murray yeah
2: exactly um I just uh you know, I, I'm sort of more in because I like that 6,400. Uh, it's a little yeah. high, but it's not too bad either, considering the things that he's doing and the way he's been playing in the last few games. I really think that, you know, someone who's going to catch, you know, he's going to catch three to five passes. Um I, You know, you could almost say he'd guarantee a touchdown. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where it's a it's if and or, but uh, I definitely, uh, I would buy it at 6,400.
1: I've got two other RBs here, and speaking of Murray, uh, I'm pivoting to Latavius. Uh, he's currently listed as probable. He's coming off a bye week, so I think maybe his price is down a little bit uh, because he was a little banged up coming off a bye week. Uh, he's only at 6,100. He faces San Diego. Um, in standard leagues, San Diego is allowing the most points to opposing running backs, and in PPR leagues, they're allowing the second most points to running backs. Uh Four backs have rushed for over 100 yards against them. Uh, six guys have gone for over 100 all-purpose yards. They've allowed seven running backs to put up double-digit fantasy days. Uh, I think Murray could get it done as long as they're in the game, and depending on which Oakland team shows up, I think they could be in the game this week. Uh, my last one, we talked about him a little bit earlier, is uh, Miami Miller. You know, he had something of a breakout last week with the new coaching regime. Uh, 21 touches, most he's had all season, 118 yards and a touchdown. Averaged 5.9 yards per carry and had over two runs for over 20 yards. Uh, Last week, he had the seventh best breakaway percentage amongst all running backs. And I don't think uh, the pricing has caught up to Miller. Uh, He's only 4,600. Faces Houston in standard scoring. Only nine teams have allowed more fantasy points. And in the last three games, they have allowed five touchdowns in three games. Uh, The Dolphins are at home. They're favored over the Texans, which should lend itself to a running game script. Now, wide receivers. Uh, You got a couple of guys here that you listed that I am very high on. Who do you like for wide receiver DFS play?
2: Um, I like a couple. I um, I... Willie Sneed, um, he's, he's, he's sort of a bargain play. He's at 4,300. Yeah. So, sneaky Sneed. Yeah. And you know, he's probably going to catch, you know, he's going to do his typical, you know, seven receptions where, you know, 85 yards and you may, maybe he'll get a score. Um, but definitely at 4,300, he's, he's a bargain play. Um, the, the value play that I really like is what we've talked about um, earlier is John Brown. And I think, you know, with Palmer, um, looking at Brown's direction, and when you're having to pay 5500 for Brown, I think he's definitely um, a value play. And then if you want to go up a little bit higher, uh, put in some money, Brandon Marshall is going to just go crazy again um, this week. He's been unstoppable uh, all season long. Fitzpatrick and him have that just that great connection together and you know he's he's gonna cost you he's you know at 7800 but I think he's definitely worth that that price
1: love both those calls uh uh John Brown um Arizona has 203 points on the year. No other team has more. He is a great stack with Palmer. Palmer has a quarterback rating of 106.9. Only three QBs who've uh, tossed it at least 100 times have a better QBR. John Brown, who, uh, again, I've been talking about him the last three weeks. I said he'd blow up last week. He indeed indeed did blow up last week. Uh, uh, I traded uh, Joseph Randall. Poor John Brown, immediately after uh, Joseph Randall had the game that he had, and I have been one happy kitty ever since. Um, Now, this week, John Brown's matched up against Kyle Arrington. PFF ranks him in the bottom quarter for cornerbacks in coverage. Arrington, I dug a little deeper, he's allowing nearly 83% of passes thrown his way to go for completions. Uh, Arizona has a net expected point total of 28, one of the highest in the league uh, in the week. Only four teams have allowed more fantasy points to opposing wide receivers than the Ravens. They can be had through the passing game. They're allowing 81 yards per game to opposing number twos, according to football outsiders, and they've given up 15 touchdowns on the season to wide receivers uh just so you know brown is currently listed as questionable so something to keep an eye on i'm hoping and i'd like to believe that he's going to play but uh if you're not a pyro pro here's your chance to sign up even if you sign up for just a week to see what it is uh val lets you know all week long about updates and uh, the news feeds i'm jumping in on there just filling in some morning uh, news and notes but you don't have to go anywhere you plug in John Brown as one of your players on Pyro Pro, and all of it gets sent to you. That's the beauty of Pyro Pro. You don't have to hunt and peck. You don't have to go on Twitter. You don't have to go to all these sites to figure it out. Everything gets sent to you. You just plug in the players, and we send you the ratings, the write ups. Uh the news feeds, and then if you got a question, you answer, uh, ask the question, and you get it sent right to you. We answer them right up to game time. I mean, I had one that came in, I think it was two weeks ago, nine minutes before kickoff. I answered it with like six minutes to spare. Uh It is a phenomenal thing. If you don't believe me, check it out for a week, and you will not be dissatisfied you mentioned marshall i do like him at 7800 as i said before scored in every game or gone over 100 yards in every game if you want to go down from him decker is a great play too as i said he's scored a touchdown in every game he's played he's only 5300 so that's pretty good deal yeah Yeah. now decker he's not going to bust the bank like marshall does but you know you're talking probably a touchdown in 70 yards uh he's averaging six and a half targets a game the over-under on this game is 48, so you know there's going to be points put up. Uh, the Pats' net expected point total is just over 28, while the Jets are at 20. So if the game's script, if they're going to want to be in this thing, Fitzpatrick has got to put it to the air, and he's got Decker and Marshall to get them there. I think this is going to be a lot closer than Vegas thinks, and I definitely think it's going to be high-scoring. Um, Fitzger uh Fitzpatrick, by the way, we already mentioned this. He scored multiple touchdowns in every single game except one. So it could be even a possible stack play. Um two other guys for you. Crabtree. Um Amari will have the dreaded Verett's syndrome on him, who's one of the turning out to be one of the better corners of Ver- Verrett. Um that leaves Brandon Flowers on Krabby Patty. Pro Football Focus ranks 107 quarterbacks at or cornerbacks, as I said. Flowers comes in at 104. So there are only three dudes worse in coverage than Brandon Flowers, and he's going to be on Crabtree. When Oakland scores a red zone touchdown, 83% of the time it comes from a pass. For the Chargers, their linebackers, they're a bit banged up. Manti Teo and Tariq Williams, both questionable. Now, remember, this is an interesting one I brought up maybe a few weeks ago with uh, D-Rex. Krabby, he's got more targets than Cooper, 48 to 44. Also, Krabby Patty makes up 20% of the team's red zone targets. Cooper, 5% of the team's red zone targets. You know, as we always say, targets is going to win out in the end. Targets is one of the biggest fantasy indicators of success. Cooper is the one uh, everyone talks about, but it's Crabtree that's getting the targets. Once again, 48 to Cooper's 44, and Crabby has 20% of the team's red zone to just 5% of the red zone targets for Cooper. Uh, my last guy who I love this cat, uh 5,200. I think he is very underpriced. Um, he's playing a game. This is Moncrief. He's playing in a game that has the highest over-under at 52 points. That means there's points to be had. Uh, The Colts have the second-highest net expected team point total, just over 28, almost 29 points is what Vegas is expecting him to do. Now, in every game Andrew Luck has played, Moncrief has scored a touchdown. In those four Luck games, Moncrief, 37 targets. Colts have scored 14 red zone TDs, and 79% of those have come from a pass. In fact... Of all the red zone passing, 82% goes to wide receivers. That is good goo for Moncrief. He scored a TD on three of his five red zone targets. The Saints have Two cornerbacks currently listed as questionable, and most importantly, Moncrief is matched up against Browner, whom PFF rates as the worst cornerback in coverage. I talked about that earlier. Uh, Let me say it again 107 cornerbacks, and Browner is the worst, and he's going against Moncrief, a guy who scored in every luck game so far. The Saints have allowed five wide receivers to go for a touchdown. All five have been number twos. So, John Brown, Vincent Jackson, Terrence Williams, Josh Huff, Roddy White. All five wide receiver touchdowns that the Saints have allowed have been to the opposing team's number two, just like Moncrief. I am loving Moncrief this week. Got two more to go, Val. Uh, Tight end, you know, uh, I've already talked about this, so I'm going to rifle through it real quick. Gates faces Oakland. As I said, you got to start guys against Oakland. Uh, both Stevie Johnson and Keenan Allen are listed as questionable. That could seriously boost the tight end for the Chargers. Um, here's the thing, though. Gates is listed as questionable. We talked about it. This was broken from Michael Gelkin, local Charger beat writer. Uh, says it's probably um, a, a serious injury, not just uh, an, an old-timer getting some rest. So it's going to be a game-time decision. Uh, since Gates has returned... He's been on the field for 112 snaps and seen 27 targets. In that time, Green has seen exactly the same amount of snaps. However, Green's been used more to block where Gates is used more in the running rounds. While Gates has 27 targets, uh, Ladarius Green only has 9. I will say, Green has scored in every other game this year. Gates is 5,000, Ladarius Green is 2,900. In the red zone, the Chargers pass 87% of the time. That's the second highest in the NFL. Not only that, 40%, 46% of those passes go to the tight end. Only two teams are targeting the tight end in the red zone more, and neither of those passes much when they get in close. So loving me some Gates, but really digging Ladarius Green at 2,900 if indeed Gates is a no-go. Val, what's your uh, tight end pick for DFS?
2: Um, you know, I, I really like uh, Witten this, this week. Uh, you know, he's not a type of player that's probably going to get a lot of touchdowns. But when you're looking at 4800 as the price tag, to me that's just a little too hard to pass up on, especially with the wide receivers that they have. And plus the fact that you have Castle in there who's probably right now throwing to Witten in his dreams. So, um, I think he's just going to be targeted uh, quite a bit and quite often. And so, that being said, I really like Witten at that low price tag of 4800.
1: Well, and what a better what, what a better safety net for Castle new quarterback maybe a little shaky than all reliable Witten, right? He, gotcha. He's going to be operating in the field that Castle can connect to. He can get rid of the ball quickly, and Witten's got hands. It's going to boost his confidence. I like the Witten call there. Um, now, folks, as you know, with defense, I often recommend on DFS starting high. Load up on a high defense. That way, if you get down to it and you're short maybe a couple hundred bucks, you want to get a guy and you're just short, well, then you can go back and adjust your D. So I always kind of start with my defense, and I try to pick a high-end one. That way, if I need to shave a little bit of cash somewhere, I can come back down and adjust my defense. So, Val, you've got a great defense that you've picked uh, at 3,600. Who do you like for uh, DFS defense?
2: Um, I like the Cardinals, Um, and I, th- I think we've pretty much had the same same idea in mind where I, I do that exact same thing. Um. I picked a high defense and because the defense are so grouped together, I mean, there, there, there's really not much of difference in price tag with them. You can sort of play with it a little bit more. It gives you a little bit of flexibility there. So, mm-hmm. um, I picked the Cardinals just because, uh, you know, obviously they have a great matchup and they have, you know, one of the best defenses in football. So, uh, I definitely have them going against the Ravens team who offensive, you know, I, you know, especially if, if Steve Smith doesn't go, um, you know, I know he's listed, uh, on the injury report. Uh, yep. so I, they just don't have anything on offense at all. Justin Forsett looks like he's doing okay, but I think the Cardinals can pretty much corral him. And that being said, I just, you know, Monday night game, I, I, I just like that pricing. Um I, I don't know if they're the top defensive pricing. I think they are. But uh you know you know, I think, just I think you're right. Yeah, I I just really like like that whole situation there.
1: Yeah, yeah and they've had some just incredible games, uh pick sixes and getting um turnovers and sacks and they've really they've won me a week uh i think last week two weeks ago they've really been impressive so much so that that was one of the reasons john brown I, i talked about not having more of a breakout is because he didn't need to uh john brown had i believe it was before last week he had 18 catches in the first half and five in the second half why is that because they didn't need it because the defense was doing so well they were blowing out teams so much that they didn't have to pass and go to brown uh their defense has just been much like denver just playing lights out now of course arizona's got an offense to match so great great pick um if, however, you, and this is exactly what we were talking about, you load up on a defense first. If, however, you plug them in at 3600 and then you get to a point where you're just maybe a couple hundred dollars short or $500 short of a guy you really want. Then I'm liking the Rams at $2,400. They are one of the lowest out there. 2400 Now here we go. Rams are at home, that's what I look for. Rams are favored, that's what I look for. One of the lowest over-unders for the week at just 41.5, looking for that. Brown's net expected team total, 19.74. That's only one of six teams that are not expected to score three touchdowns, that are not expected to get at least 20 points. There's only three teams less expensive than the Rams. The top D cost 3600 and, yeah, I believe it's the Cardinals. Uh, there might be another one exactly that same price, but I know the Cardinals are on the top. Um, so for 2400 you can save yourself some, some coin. Now, um, they've had an interception or a fumble recovery in every single game so far. That's the Rams. They've had a kick return for a touchdown, only given up more than 24 points once this year. Only 10 teams are tougher on opposing fantasy quarterbacks. They've had 13 interceptions on the season. Browns have allowed 45 quarterback hits against their quarterback. So, man, (laughs) Cleveland Browns are a porous offensive line. They are uh, letting their quarterback, whoever's back there, get banged up. Only one other team has allowed more quarterback hits than the Browns. Plus, you've got a bit of a... Uh, uh, intangible there with Tavon Austin, who I got to tell you is questionable, but he can really work some magic. Uh, many times with defense, we often forget about the special teams part. Tavon Austin, he could get you a nice uh, a score. He's always got that potential to break one off, although he is questionable. But uh, like I said, Arizona, you can't go wrong. But if you're looking to save some coin, move on down to the Rams.
2: I'm surprised that the Rams are so low on the on the board. I- I mean, talking about a team, as you were mentioning, that doesn't allow very many points to be scored against, uh, holding, you know, they, they've held the top offenses. Um, I can't think off the top of my head who they played, but they played some pretty good offenses and shut them down. Um, why they would be so low as far as a price tag on DraftKings. Um, so do you, do you, do you have any speculations on why that might be?
1: The only thing I've noticed, I'm not sure exactly why they are so low and like you said they they've held defenses to uh, I think like I said only one that scored over uh 24 points. You know, they've played Seattle, Washington, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Green Bay. They've they've played some some really good defenses. Uh the only thing I can think that for some reason DraftKings seems to have far more values. I didn't look exactly, but I know on uh FanDuel they ra- they cost a lot more for some reason DraftKings there's just more um more uh opportunity to be had I think uh they don't even have anyone out they you know Chris Long is out and uh, Alec Ogletree is out that's it they're, they're they're really healthy uh I I can't imagine other than DraftKings seems that you can find more deals on DraftKings one of the reasons I love DraftKings you the pricing is very fair. You can really find some great deals as we were talking about girly 5,000. I mean, come on. And uh, it's full point PPR and no kickers, which I love. So, DraftKings, you can find the gems if you're willing to put in the work or listen to the Pyro Light podcast. Which, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to a close. This has been episode number 15 already. Val, it has been a pleasure thank you for uh sitting in with me it's been uh wonderful actually
2: oh thank you uh yeah anytime well um i i really like uh our banner back and forth and you know um anytime you need me to come on um especially if they leave you by yourself uh, (laughs) um yeah and you want a voice or whatever yeah just call on me and um yeah i would love to do it again with you
1: I will certainly do that. I'm I'm scared I'm going to just drive away all of our listeners one week when it's just me and my lonesome uh, talking smack all by myself. But uh, we'll certainly have you on again. In fact, we'll uh, try in the next couple weeks here to get you on. I think it was great. And uh, you you popped your cherry so we can uh, keep Keep it rolling from this point on. And I know you're one of the fan favorites. Like I said, you do all kinds of stuff for us with write-ups. You did the offensive piece this summer. Uh, Countless things behind the scenes that you often, you know, at Pyro, we don't always give credit. We don't always put names on stuff. But certainly the uh news feeds have been just out of this world. I know the pyro pros love it that they're getting stuff sent right to their computer uh and you've just a, a great font of knowledge. The stuff you put out there is fantastic. Some really good gems and even today you're saying some stuff that I thought, wow, that's that's good. I'd never thought of it that way. So uh really thank you for uh educating me as we went through this thing.
2: Well, definitely the same to you, uh Mo. I really appreciate it and um you know, it's always great to talk to someone who who knows the sport of football as yourself. And, um, yeah, I just, I just I enjoyed it
1: quite a bit. All right. I enjoyed it myself, and we will look to have you on very, very soon. Coolness. Fans, uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but uh, the opening music was Assembly of Dust, one of my favorites. That was Westerly. Uh, assembly of dust uh, a quick story they got their name from uh, nomadic people traveling they had to uh, endure the rigors and hardships of everyday nomadic life and when they would get to where they were going they would have camp and they would celebrate and they would release uh, the tensions and the stress of life with song and dance and festival and smiles so because they were dirty and moving there was literally an assembly of dust. Uh, Reed Genauer is the lead singer. He used to be with Strange Folk. Again, it was Westerly, and uh, I can't recommend them enough. So uh, every week trying to bring you uh, some new music that uh, makes me kick a tail feather once in a while. And as always, guys, it's my pleasure. Uh, for Val Verde, for Pyromaniac Mo, we will catch you on the flip side.